You're listening to Astroscope, astrology podcast by Mark Lerner and Great Bear Enterprises. This podcast is sponsored by Buzzword Consulting and Forfame.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to podcast number 16 in our series of the United States Progress Sun and the United States Progress Palace Athena in secondary progressions making their conjunction, which has never happened before, and a conjunction in progress charting that won't happen again for another 400 plus years. And uh, the last time I shared um, one of these podcasts was on the evening of June 19th to the 20th. Uh, That's when I created it. And toward the end of that one, I put out a reminder to folks that due to the power of not just the monthly moon palace unions that have been building up and if you go back you'll see that in march and in april with the exact moon palace conjunction of those months we had a kind of resonant mirror reflection of this much greater sun palace rare progress conjunction so what's been happening are these kind of mini lunar progression of lunar transits by conjunction with Pallas Athena in the sky. And remember, America was born at a moon palace conjunction in late Aquarius. And I mentioned also the last time with the U.S. chart that we've been using for decades and which most astrologers agree upon for the Declaration of Independence when we began as a country on July 4th of 1776, the moon is in late Aquarius but it's so close to a conjunction with Pallas Athena that we should never consider again that the United States was born with what is called the void of course moon due to the fact that the moon was placed so late in the sign Aquarius. If you go through the previous 15 podcasts and you see the different charts that have been presented for major world figures and time periods and the birth of the Department of Justice back in 1870, looking at the birth charts of Robert Mueller and President Trump um, and the United States uh, U.S. Attorney General William Barr. Uh, There are charts of candidate Kamala Harris and the newcomer to the House, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, as well as Justin Amash uh, from more of the right side of the political spectrum. Thomas Jefferson, the uh, last month, la- the last uh, particular podcast I talked about, uh, Thomas Jefferson's first inauguration, where we saw that Venus and Pallas were in a conjunction, and that when we go back to Thomas Jefferson's chart, his birth chart, there's an exact trine between Pallas and uh, Venus. And I also mentioned, I think it was late the last time that when Uranus was discovered in the Uranus discovery chart from March 13 of 1781, the year that America finally won its war and freedom for independence from Mother England, that it turned out that Pallas Athena in that chart, in the the Uranus discovery chart, had come back to where it was from the day of the Declaration of Independence, and not just approximately, it was exact. So what I've been finding here, and this is, I've been doing astrology for 47 years now. It goes all the way back to 1972. And I've explained that my origin in astrology goes all the way back to New York City. And I had the great um, privilege of being a part of the birth of the four main asteroids through Eleanor Bach, the most wonderful astrologer at that time who came out with the first asteroid ephemeris in 1973 and she had so many of us newcomers go to her house in the chelsea area of manhattan baking cookies for us talking about astrology opening doors about everything having to do with the feminine goddesses of the asteroids and and this was following the the beginnings of now and the feminine movement and equal rights movement in America. So astrology, as I got into it, not, I had wonderful teachers who were not focused on the asteroids like Dane Rudjar and Dr. Mark Enman Jones and Alan Leo and Evangeline Adams and so many others and many other uh, astrologers and colleagues then joined me when I created my uh, pioneering astrology newspaper and magazine, Welcome to Planet Earth from 1981 to 2000. But I feel really fortunate that 
I was able to be a part of right at the beginning where the four main asteroids were Ceres, Pallas, Athena, Juno, and Vesta were beginning to be put into charts. And here was one of these extraordinary figures, this uh, pioneering woman who did her own newsletters and um, uh, this wonderful book that I've quoted from, her spiral-bound planetary stations. And she was a rare astrologer in the sense that she was focused on the asteroids, but also on mundane astrology and, and gave out and created planet a Planet Watch newsletter to her, her clients and her subscribers and her friends, which I received all the time. Uh, again, she passed away two decades ago, but she even wrote some articles for us on the main asteroids at one point when I asked her to do so, and she was more than happy to do that. So now the situation is what at the end of the last podcast, I pointed out that it would be wise to take a look at not only when the moon and palace come together each month, but when the moon and palace were also exactly opposite. And that's because, as it turned out, when I eventually put in, well, this goes back to one of the original podcasts, the original concept of why I even started the series was that the United States Progress Sun and the United States Progress Palace were coming into a conjunction. They had never done it before in the whole history of the country over 243 years. And I saw a couple of years ago, as we were getting into the 2016 election and then after President Trump uh, or Donald Trump upset Hillary Clinton to gain the presidency, I was already m making notes that I was already watching the United States pro secondary progress chart, seeing the sun getting closer and closer to palace, both by progression. And this increased in 2017 and 2018. And then I saw at the beginning of this year that they were going to be an exact conjunction. And I realized the exact conjunction would take place on May 28th. And so it turned out that um, at that particular point, which is the sun and palace Athena coming together, um, what happened the very next morning during the exact moon palace opposition, and I mean exact, that's when Robert Mueller came forward on May 29th, uh, less than 24 hours after the exact sun and palace together, when the moon and palace made their monthly opposition, lo and behold, Robert Mueller came down for eight or nine minutes to the Department of Justice, gave his statement um, that he didn't want to testify anymore, that the report was it. Um, but, that pe but he was very, very clear in that statement whether people on the right or left or middle politically want to accept it or not accept it, that he was emphasizing particularly at the very end of the report, a second time during his brief statement, that the, that the Russians, the Russian government, various people within the Russian government had interfered in the election. They had interfered in the election and that every American needed to understand more about it, but he was reluctant to share anymore and that he was also hamstrung because of a particular uh, memo that had been written years before in the Department of Justice that you could not indict a sitting president. And since he was a former Marine captain, a person going by the rules had run the FBI under both a Republican and a Democratic administration, um, the longest tenure of anyone else since since uh, Edgar, uh, J. Edgar Hoover, a widely respected person in his own right, and a conservative Republican for his He's not a Democrat. He's not a liberal. He's 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 definitely on the Republican side of things in terms of how people view him and his attitudes and his approach to life, uh, in terms of conservative activities and and running the FBI. At any rate, so from that particular point, and and it took me a couple of weeks to do that last podcast. Again, I did that this previous one. Um, before I was on Coast to Coast Radio, I was fortunate enough to be invited there the evening of June the 20th uh, under Aquarius Moon. And I've been on there now over 15 years, I don't know, maybe close to 25 times. I feel very fortunate to have that forum. And by the way, if, if you don't know much about Coast to Coast AM, go to their website, Coast to Coast AM. And for a very small price, you can sign up to get their podcast. And if you do sign up for their podcast, you can go back in time and look up Mark Lerner 
Uh, not that you have to do that, but I've been on so many different times. And it's not very expensive to be, be a part of their subscription and get podcasts. And they have many entertaining shows on all kinds of subjects, not just astrology, but on metaphysics and UFOs and politics and uh, just almost everything under the sun. Anything you can think of is on Coast to Coast. So again, in the early days when Art Bell, you may know that name, he had been in charge of the first main host of Coast to Coast, but he didn't have astrologers on the program for some reason. At one point though, I did contact him and I was able to write a short little story asking for his birth information, telling him that I was the publisher of Welcome to Planet Earth, a pioneering astrology magazine that it had gone even to George Stephanopoulos, who was chief of staff way back in the Clinton administration. He was receiving copies of our magazine because it's a magazine on mundane or earth astrology and politics and presidents and world leaders and seasons and eclipses and so on. And eventually also I sent the magazine to Vice President Gore's office and I did hear back periodically from George Stephanopoulos as well as Vice President Al Gore. So I know the magazine did get uh, to certain people in and around the White House. I don't know exactly what they did with it, but I received some notifications to keep on sending it and they were very thankful to receive it. So what I want to start off with, I'm, the focus here, the two charts I'm presenting is one for, it turned out what happened was I had decided to give out in the last podcast the fact that on June 25th, okay, this is, this is five days after I did the last podcast, that people should uh, look out and be prepared that maybe something would happen when the moon and Pallas Athena would make another opposition because when Robert Mueller came out and gave his statement, the less than 24 hours after the progressed sun for the U.S. and the progressed Pallas Athena made their first ever conjunction at 15 degrees of Pisces, he came out and gave his statement with the moon and Pallas Athena opposite, precisely opposite. So at the end of last podcast, when I gave out the information, said, well, you know what, Here, here's the next date. It's going to be the evening of June 25th. So that was a Tuesday evening. I didn't know what was going to happen. I just thought I might as well give out the information. I don't know if anybody's listening at the moment to uh, my podcast, but I figured it would be good to give it out. And also that I would give out the next time of the moon and palace together. And I gave that date, which just recently happened earlier this past week. That happened, oh, excuse me, that will be happening. It hasn't yet happened. July 9th, I'm already ahead of myself. Right now it's July 5th, which is a Friday, the day after fireworks and the 4th of July. So we still have coming up. Uh, the uh, This will happen at 4.06 in the morning, Tuesday, uh, July 9th. Uh, we're going to have... A first quarter moon phase which is rather intense and there will be the moon and Pallas Athena coming together in the middle of Libra and then just so you know what we're gonna have uh, let's see I marked down here just so I wouldn't forget the next moon Pallas Athena opposition from moon and Aries to uh, Pallas Athena in Libra will be on July 23rd that's two weeks after this coming July 9th. July 9th, again, is Moon and Pallas together, which, again, is always significant now that we've realized how powerful Pallas Athena is, that we need to watch it in terms of knowledge and wisdom and intelligence gathering and fighting for justice and uh, trying to understand miscarriage of justice. And pa Pallas Athena is so connected to lawyers as well as uh, courts, as well as uh, people involved in protecting the, the country, not just in terms of the military and the Pentagon, but people who work with computers and technicians in order to uh, protect our water supplies and our energy supplies, nuclear su supplies and nuclear stations around the country, as well as voting rights. Uh, Eleanor Bach talked a lot about Pallas Athena being, as she termed it, a city slicker, that Pallas Athena has so much to do with think tanks and uh, city planning. So Pallas Athena, as opposed to, say, Ceres, the largest asteroid, which has a lot to do with agriculture and productivity and harvests and farming 
and uh, productivity, but also scarcity and drought and things like that. Palace Athena is very connected to city life and the planning of cities and in order to keep uh, urban life protected and, and uh, the knowledge and the information and high level uh, intuition and inventiveness that goes along with all of that. So uh, keep an eye on July 9th coming up soon here. Um, Tuesday, again, four or six in the morning, but it could be any time that day, even the night before July 8th, a Monday, we've got Chiron not moving. This Sunday, July 7th, we have Mercury not moving. So I'm doing this right after the country's birthday. We've just actually have uh, the solar return for the United States. Just like people know that they can do a solar return chart for when the sun comes back and it indicates the illuminated path ahead for the next year. Well, the country just had its birthday, but actually the sun came back on July 5th rather than on July 4th. And sometimes that happens, whether for a person, a business or a country or a city, the sun doesn't always come back for what's called a solar return on the day of the birthday. It could happen the day before, it could happen the day after. So we've actually had our rebirth for the country on July 5th. We've also had, and I just uh, did what's called an AstroFlash article on the earth on the earthquake in Ridgecrest between Los Angeles and Las Vegas, which hit yesterday morning, and now another one. I had just put out my story about the 6.4 earthquake, and now another one has hit tonight, measuring 7.1 or 6.9 in the same area, and there have been over 1,500 aftershocks. So California and the whole country is now reeling from all this. And um, I already put a chart out for that event um, from yesterday's, and I'll be probably putting another chart out for tonight. By the way, this is connected to the total solar eclipse that just happened on July 2nd. Even though that total solar eclipse had its path of totality in the South Pacific cutting through Chile and Argentina, as I wrote in a piece for Global Hotspots on our website, okay, that's an article about the total solar eclipse and new moon of July 2nd, 2019. That's in our global hotspots area with a color map of the world and a storyline. The degree and minutes of arc in the sign Cancer, a 10 plus of Cancer, is the entire orbit of Jupiter in terms of its orbit around the sun. It's what we call the heliocentric orbit of Jupiter. One of the things we, in astrology, we have what are called the planetary, no, uh, the, the lunar nodes, and they have a lot to do with fate and destiny. It has to do with how the moon's orbit around the Earth intersects with the Earth's orbit around the sun. The, the nodes are always going retrograde. We can't have eclipses of whether it's the sun or the moon unless the sun and moon are within certain parameters um, of the, these areas of the lunar nodes. But in astrology, they've been used for hundreds of years, if not for longer than that, a thousand, maybe two thousand years, uh, going back to ancient Greece and ancient Rome and ancient uh, Egypt um, and through the centuries. So we work with the lunar nodes. They're always going backwards in the zodiac, at least the mean node. There's actually a mean node and a true node, not to get this too confusing. But the event that just happened, the total solar eclipse, is on the whole north node of, of Jupiter. And Jupiter, being the largest planet, generally does create big waves of things. So here are the two big earthquakes in Southern California. We have uh, President Trump deciding to do his big event, which was considered unusual and maybe inappropriate because of all the militaristic uh, parts of giving that speech. And usually presidents don't give speeches on July 4th. It has happened every so often, usually for certain reasons. Harry Truman did one um, during his presidency, but that had to do with the Korean War happening. Um, some other presidents have, have done things, but usually it's a day for the nation to sort of experience its rebirth in terms of freedom and all the principles of justice and equality of what we're fighting for and not the means by which we're fighting, not the planes and the tanks and so on. That's a whole other story. But it is interesting that we only had the total solar eclipse three days ago. And now we have two very powerful earthquakes in Southern California, the most powerful in 20 years. And seismologists are warning about more to come. 
we've just had all the fireworks and the celebrations, but at the same time, we've got a migration crisis, uh, particularly in the area of Texas, which is really, I mean, the reports are horrendous about so many hundreds and hundreds, not thousands of people in these cages and horrific conditions. And I want to remind everyone, based on the United States birth chart from July 4th of 1776, and using the particular time we have used for decades um, of, a, of a time of 447 in the afternoon, the moon palace Athena conjunction in America's birth chart through astrocartography or astrolocality principles cuts right through this area of McAllen, Texas and into Mexico. So we're having a kind of resonance and synchronicity with the sun progressed and Pallas Athena progressed by secondary progression coming together at 15 degrees of Pisces. And they're still very close, even though the exact alignment happened on May 28th. This isn't like a transit where a week later, or two weeks later, or a month later, the, the cycle isn't happening. Progressions work much more slowly. So this is still happening. It's still resonating, just like an earthquake has uh, aftershocks. The sun and Pallas Athena together in the United States progressed chart are still happening. That's why we're still having these reverberations where now, uh, and, and let me get to this point here, on this moon opposition evening of June 25th that I had already pointed out could be an interesting day that we should look at it. I'm watching the news in the early evening and suddenly the House committees of the Ju Judiciary House Committee and the Intelligence House Committee and their chairman, who now are Democrats since um, the Democrats took over the House in the last uh, fall election, the midterm election, they sent a subpoena over to Mueller. And the news came out right during the Moon Palace opposition. It's It was within about two hours of time that night. And I so we're going to look at that chart and go over a few of those things. And not only did that happen on that day that I had mentioned, not that I'm trying to predict things, I just wanted to put out to the public through the last podcast, hey, let's all watch not just Moon with Pals Athena making their monthly conjunctions, let's start taking a look at their oppositions. Because there's the opposition is, is it's, it's a powerful force in and of itself. Because any opposition really demands that there be a relationship. A conjunction is more internal, it's more compacted, it's more inner, it's more of a powerful coming together of forces, but an opposition is, is kind of like a representation of partnership um, or relationship. And so there we have the two committees sending a subpoena over to Robert Mueller who agreed to testify and on that night, they said, oh, yeah, it's going to happen on Wednesday, July 17th in the morning. He's going to spend a couple of hours in each committee. And now it's been decided the first one will be, I believe, judiciary. And he will be there between two and two and a half hours. And then he'll shift over to the intelligence committee. So, again, this is pretty remarkable because here we have finally Robert Mueller, even though he has said, hey, it's all in the report. And he did put, you know, there were all these convictions that did happen of people connected. They were Russian individuals, uh, people who were working with the staff of the Trump campaign, uh, Paul Manafort, for instance, Michael Cohn. Um, there are still other people who could very well be going to jail. Michael Flynn, who had been his uh, national security advisor, who created a lot of hot water for himself and doing things allegedly at this point illegal with money relative to Turkey and other places and not. There's just so many individuals who have been indicted who also have gone to jail. And that's part of what the Mueller report is all about, even though he felt that we could not indict a sitting president, which has to do with Robert Mueller as an individual being a former Marine captain following rules and regulations all along, he wanted the president to testify. He wanted the other people around the president to come in and voluntarily give testimony. But from what he's reporting, his his role in creating the Mueller report or where it seems to be going, and I guess we'll find out more on July 17th if he's able to answer some of these things, that his intent was that, oh, I can't, as a special counsel, 
say that the President of the United States, particularly because he never came in for an actual interview, he may have answered some written questions, but they were very basic. He never came in um, to actually have a, a verbal back and forth um, and other people within his staff did not come in either. I mean, some people did um, testify for many, many long hours. And now President Trump and William Barr are trying to prevent those people um, from actually giving clear testimony. And they're trying to say it's a executive privilege and they won't do it. And things are going back and forth to different appellate courts, as, as probably you're aware of. But it will be interesting because Here's another Palace Athena event, July 17th. So these are the two charts, and I want, wanted to just mention a couple of things about this so that when most of you, a lot of people, this could be one of the big television events similar to 1973 and 1974 when the Nixon, um, the whole thing of the Nixon potential impeachment and they were uh, the Senate and the House had their testimonies on television and we had people like uh, Republican Senator Howard Baker in the Senate committee saying the famous line, what did the president know and when did he know it? And he was sitting next to the elderly uh, Sam Irvin. It was a different time and the Republicans and the Democrats actually wanted to get to the bottom of things, were working together. And it was a different time period because it had to do with tapes that we didn't know that existed. And that we found out, yes, the president had a taping system and things were being recorded. And eventually that was the thing that forced President Nixon to resign and um, not actually be legally impeached and never having to have a trial in, in, in the Senate. Because the Republicans actually went to him and said, you know, it's not looking good. <laughs> you need to get out of there. And so we had a president at that point, regardless of all the mischief making that occurred and the illegalities and things that were concealed and hushed up, um, actually decided uh, for the sake of the presidency and the sake of the country to leave the office. And that was a whole different time period. Now we have things where like, oh, executive privilege, we're not going to we're not going to follow anything you're saying and we're going to keep going to the courts back and forth. So whether you like that idea or not, on July 17th, and we already know President Trump has decided, at least so far, I guess his, the people working for him have decided that he will go to, um, I forget the exact town, but in North Carolina, he'll be doing a rally that night. I think the plan is to make sure he doesn't just sit around all day. He may be doing tweeting as much as he can for his base while Robert Mueller is answering questions and um, giving testimony. And apparently there'll be also closed door testimony of some of the officials that had worked with him. And that will take place also with the Intelligence Committee of the House and the Judiciary Committee. So the let me mention again, let's go first with what happened on June 25th. And we have the chart for that. There's an approximate time from when I saw uh, the person on MSNBC. I happened to be uh, having the news on that channel. Late breaking, it was around 9.20 p.m., right around that time. And they even showed the official letter, the letterhead that had been sent to Robert Mueller. Oh, you were hereby subpoenaed. And the news came in. Oh, not only was he subpoenaed, but he's going to... Um, agree to testify. doesn't want to block the subpoena. He's no longer, Robert Mueller is no longer the special counsel and he resigned from the Justice Department. So there's nobody out there that can say, you can't do this. Now he knows enough about the law that when he is going to testify, it's not like he's going to give up people who are undercover in the CIA or the FBI or ongoing investigations. So he, He'll have a lawyer there. I mean, he'll have somebody else, one or two lawyers, maybe more, you know, and he might have to confer with him based on a question that he's asked. And um, apparently he will really just be there to give voice to his own report and not start answering a whole bunch of theoretical or hypothetical ideas. He's not that kind of person, and it's doubtful whether he would side with any Democratic or liberal side or any Republican conservative side. He's just going to say it as it is. And I, I, for one, feel that he should be respected and understood for his lifetime of service, where so many did not go to Vietnam, and he went and was received so many medals, and 
gave his life or could have given his life and was prepared to give his life and was a captain in the Marines. So he knows about following orders and sticking to rules. So I think this is going to be very interesting. So on that night, um, when he received the subpoena, that chart is very interesting. First of all, in Washington, D.C., you'll see in that chart the symbol for Pallas Athena. It's a diamond with the cross under it at 12 plus of Libra. Again, Libra itself, where Pallas has been for all of these months by transit. And let's not forget that the sun progression conjunct Pallas Athena progressed in our secondary progress chart, which was on May 28th at 15 of Pisces, the, the actual Pallas Athena position by transit two days later made a station and went from retrograde to direct in the sign of Libra. And I've already reported about a lot of other events like the show Unidentified on the History Channel about UFOs and ETs. That appeared uh, beginning that week. There was the show The In-Between. I've talked about that um, on NBC. I also talked about a week before another show called Blood and Treasure that is a kind of uh, Indiana Jones type of thing. And oddly enough, within that show, there is, because again, just like in the George Lucas and Steven Spielberg uh, Indiana Jones series where they go back, where the Nazis are, are from the World War II time period or pre-World War II are trying to find um, different artifacts um, that go back to the Hebraic time period and magical devices, the Ark of the Covenant things like that. So in this series, we again have a kind of uh, mirror reflection back to those movies. And there's some mysterious thing that the Nazis are calling Project Athena. And it has to do with finding the sarcophagus of Cleopatra connected to Mark Anthony and going back to ancient Egypt and ancient Rome. So what I'm trying to do is broaden the playing field. We're not just, this is not just about the Mueller report. It's also, I've talked about the election for next year, there are these different degrees. One is 15 of Pisces, where next year, the Super Tuesday of March 4 of 2020 is going to take place at that particular point, which is, again, the Sun Palace degree. This 14 plus or 15 of Pisces is where the presidents were all inaugurated, uh, starting with the second inauguration of President Washington all the way through um, the first inauguration of Franklin Roosevelt, and then we shifted over to one degree of Aquarius, where the presidential inaugurations are now on January 20th. And I shared that that degree is going to be very powerful because next year there's going to be Mars conjunct Saturn at the end of March of 2020, where they come together every two years. Mars and Saturn will meet at one of Aquarius. Pallas Athena next year in May will make another station and go into retrograde, where one of Aquarius. And the big event, December 20, 21st, 2020, Jupiter and Saturn, which come together come together every 20 years, will conjunct at, tw at one of Aquarius, zero plus of Aquarius. And we had a, um, a total lunar eclipse this year in January, January 21st. Where was it? One degree of Aquarius, one degree of Leo. And then the next presidential inauguration, which I will be talking more about, the one that will happen January 20th of 2021, which has a whole lot of power and not that easy to handle for any administration. That will be, a, of course, one of Aquarius. And we're also moving away from the Earth dis dispensation of the last 180 years in Earth signs, where Jupiter and Saturn have been coming together in Earth. They're going to start coming together in air for the next approximately 160 to 200 years in Aquarius and Libra and Gemini. So I've, there's just so much going on. There's so many discoveries that I've been sharing about and bringing into this particular time period. So the um, June 25th event shows Pallas up, elevated in the ninth house, which is a house of also legal matters and higher learning and higher education, higher intelligence. There's Pallas Athena at the moment that he was subpoenaed and he agreed to uh, testify at that point. And the moon down below in house number three, not far from Chiron, which looks like a K with a little circle, the moon is at 11 plus degrees of Aries. So while this wasn't 
absolutely precise to the minute of arc, which is what happened on the morning of May 29th, when, when Robert Mueller gave his eight to nine minute talk and said, here's the thing, the report speaks for itself, the Russians interfered, and he said that at the beginning, and he said it at the end, and he also, uh, in that report, said, um, I, I could not prosecute the president because I don't believe that a, a sitting president can be subpoenaed um, until maybe after they leave office and so on. So this led to all the whole confusion with William Barr saying there was no con collusion, there was no conspiracy, when actually um, the report indicates at least 10 to 12 different potential conspiracy collusion type uh, events that they had already discovered and talked about, but were, uh, and this is going to be a big thing with Mueller's testimony on July 17th, where apparently he wanted the Congress to do its constitutional investigations so that it would eventually either lead to impeachment proceedings or it wouldn't, so that it's now, uh, he couldn't indict the president um, or subpoena the president because of uh, a memo that had been in the Justice Department, whether that memo is right or wrong, or that memo stands the test of time, we'll never, we don't know. We'll have to see in the future, depending on which party is in office, because if the Democrats get in there or whenever they do, they could go and change that memo. And then for a while, even a Democratic president or an independent president or a Republican person gets in there, whatever, then they might have a different memo. The memo might say, yes, you can indict a sitting president. You have a different attorney general at that point who says, well, you know, this person committed all these egregious acts. You know, they shouldn't be doing it. And now we're going to start impeachment. So the memo, the legal memo that Robert Mueller um, indicated was the reason why he could not indict a sitting president might not be a memo at some point in the future. It is not something in the Constitution. And part of this is the reason Congressional Representative and Libertarian Justin Amash, uh, way on the other side politically from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, has just the other day decided, I'm leaving the Republican Party. I don't want to be a part of it. So uh, this is very interesting, having developed. Um, okay, that chart, I don't want to spend too much more time. It's there if you want to study it. Very interesting kinds of things, particularly in the sense that there was a a Mars, uh, Mars in that chart. This is really interesting, actually, so I will mention it. Um, the rising and setting points of June 25th with Moon opposite Pallas Athena. Um, Saturn was near the eastern horizon along with Pluto on the south node of the Moon. On the western horizon, on the right side of the chart, is the north node of Cancer as well as Mars and Mercury. Notice Mars there at 26 plus of Cancer. That is the exact north node, the fate destiny point of Robert Mueller. And he is born, and I gave out his chart in a previous podcast, he is born with the north node and Pallas Athena conjunct within less than one degree, which is one of the main reasons why he is a Pallas Athena spokesperson or archetype, why he made it into the FBI, that he was selected um, to do the special counsel work, um, that it, he worked on this for 22 months. And to me, as an individual watching news for the last 50 plus years of my life and having written when I was in college at the Michigan State newspaper, which at that point back in 1968, 69, 70, 71, was the top, uh, fortunately the top university newspaper in the United States, won a whole bunch of awards. At that point, I had a column. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be, I was an editorial writer. This is again 50 years ago, writing about the Vietnam War and Nixon and Power and Nixon and Agnew and the different events that were happening after uh, Robert Kennedy was murdered and um, Martin Luther King was murdered and the events of 1969, which were horrendous in, in California. We, we had, and, and the student revolutions of 1968 um, but the events in 1969, continuing revolution, the events in California with the Manson uh, kind of uh, the whole uh, diabolical situation, horrendous situation there. So I was already writing about things politically and socially and um, 
war, the war and politics and nuclear energy in the column. So I go pretty far back there. And uh, well, I certainly didn't support that war. The fact that we have people who were ready to give up their lives, people like Robert Mueller, I think really should be honored and respected. I thought about this the other day. This is my personal opinion. I'm sure a lot of people out there are going to say, oh, <laughs> Mark, why is Mark saying this? But just a couple of weeks ago, President Trump gave um, the Medal of Freedom, the highest medal of a civilian could get to Tiger Woods. Now, Tiger Woods is an amazing person in our history and in his sports abilities and also had a tremendous scandal in his personal life and fall from grace and has just recently won another great tournament for himself, you know, and made a great comeback and the president likes him and their friends. But you know what I was thinking? If if we could have a situation where President Trump gave the Medal of Freedom to Robert Mueller for his life of dedication, now that would be something to watch. You know, uh, I don't... <laughs> I can't imagine it. that would be something that you'd have to get the president kicking and screaming to do that. But I, that was something, you know, I, I've been a golfer myself. I've loved sports my whole life. It's always wonderful to see different sports people receive the Medal of Freedom, as well as people who've been involved with government and, and, and the arts and all kinds of movements to to represent higher freedom and justice and equality and different themes throughout our society. But when he got gave Tiger Woods that Medal of Freedom, I was thinking, oh boy, I'd love to see President Trump give the Medal of Freedom to Robert Mueller. That would mean something. So at any rate, the Ma I find this interesting. Robert Mueller gave his little talk there for eight or nine minutes on, on May the 29th, right in between the exact sun progressed, Palace Athena progressed conjunction that we have never had in our whole history and we won't have again for 400 plus years somewhere else in the zodiac i don't even know where because that i'd have to go 400 plus years and sort it out i haven't done that it's not the easiest thing to do but at some point i will and also within a day or two of Palace athena being stationary and now he didn't want to testify but he was given a subpoena and because he's a man of his word and somebody who follows rules he gets a subpoena from two House committees and immediately says, I'll accept it, reluctantly. And Mars is exactly on his fate, destiny, north node. And that can only happen every two years. And it's an exact hit within Mars the next day when that's reported to everybody on June 26th and everybody's assimilating it. Mars is, is now on top of his palace Athena. So that's one of the big things I see. And there are many other positions in this chart that I'm sure are noteworthy, but I don't want to talk about at the moment. So let's go to July 17 um, and when he's going to appear. Now, again, it would not surprise any of us that other events might intersect with this, some of which could be suspect. You know, obviously, uh, if there was some kind of interference so that uh, tele there was tele uh, television interference with receiving the, you know, hearing him, hearing Robert Mueller at these committees. Something bizarre was happening with telecommunications or some other event occurred in the United States where they had to postpone it. Or, again, the president is already preparing to give a rally and a speech in North Carolina that evening, and he may be doing all kinds of tweets. So July 17th is an incredible day. This will not be a, a day, by the way, um, it'll be right after a full moon, which is very interesting. So there'll be a lo partial lunar eclipse the night of Tuesday, July 16. Um, the full moon itself will be pretty close to Pluto, which represents pulling things from the underworld and things that are in, in, in the darker subliminal regions of our collective consciousness. But here's, and there'll also be Venus and Saturn will make an opposition. So the night before, the anticipation, the night of the July 16th, there'll be an enormous amount of energy throughout the country. Undoubtedly, with the, with the different news networks scheduling Robert Mueller, unless between now and then somehow this is delayed or postponed for some reason. It's supposed to start at around 9 o'clock in the morning, and I've given that chart out. And it's interesting that zero plus of Virgo is on the horizon. Part of that's interesting is that I started this 
session tonight, this podcast, when the moon is at zero plus of Virgo. So the moon, as I'm sharing this podcast, it'll be the exact position of what's on the ascendant, which is kind of the path into the future. Uh, and Virgo certainly represents analysis and interpretation and uh, research and delving into things. And obviously a 480 page report with all kinds of footnotes the, the American public, assuming this is going to happen at two different committees, is going to see the architect of this or the special counsel behind all of it reporting to the public with his voice, his presence, his history to everyone. And here's so here's the exact chart for it. Now, what's interesting is that there are just so many positions in here, and I'm just going to rattle off some of these that look really fascinating to me. Um, okay, first of all, Pallas Athena, 17 plus of Libra, when... Mueller starts testifying in the second house of this chart. Again, Pallas Athena looks like a diamond with a cross under it. 17 plus of Libra. What is 17 plus of Libra? That's the exact Jupiter station in Donald Trump's chart. So we have the Pallas Athena in the sky representing intelligence gathering, knowledge and wisdom and everything that Robert Mueller is representing in terms of the report and, and the committees trying to determine, you know, what actually happened, what, what, what was the thought process, what were the people you know, the investigations, getting this all out to the public. It's amazing to me that Pallas Athena, remember the mythology that one of the parts of the archetype, uh, the archetype of Pallas Athena is that she as a goddess was was born full armored, even though she was with within her mother's womb, full armored from the head of Zeus or Jupiter. So the daughter archetype of the four main asteroids is very much uh, a uh, part of the Pallas Athena energy and particularly is associated often with being the father's daughter. So here we have the situation of Pallas Athena being present in the sky. There'll be a lot of women also asking questions in these committees as well as men. And Pallas Athena will be sitting on President Trump's stationary Jupiter. So that is one of the most awesome things going on. Uh, Ceres, the largest asteroid itself, will be stationary and that station will take place, I mean, it'll be active all day. Uh, Ceres is going to be at the bottom of the chart, squaring the horizon, making a right angle. And Ceres has a lot to do with productivity and nurturing energies, but it, it sort of is the, the overwhelming mother nurturing, mother nature and mother force itself. And it'll be, uh, it's just interesting when the United States came into being Ceres, uh, was the only stationary body. It was located in the sign of Pisces, but here we find it under the earth, uh, trying to sort of pull up those energies. In the last podcast, I talked about Neil Katyal, who ha was an acting solicitor general. He wrote the rules for the special counsel. I gave out his chart as well as a total eclipse chart for 1970, which got into the whole idea of the first Earth Day and the power of Ceres in both his chart and the total eclipse of, of March of 1970, which also started the Environmental Protection Agency that year while President Nixon was in power. So Ceres is always important to take a look at in any kind of these charts because it was stationary at the United States birth. It has a lot to do with the mother force and the feminine force in general. And also Virgo, the, the first degree of Virgo rising, at this time when he, he is supposed to at least start testifying at the Judiciary Committee, a lot of people in the field of astrology associate the sign Virgo, not as being ruled by Mercury, but more as being ruled by Ceres, the, the largest asteroid. So that's one thing. And to see Ceres at the bottom of the chart not moving, which again, it was not moving and the only celestial body not moving when the United States came into being at the Declaration of Independence, July 4th, 1776. And now for some not coincidental, but synchronistic uh, expression, we find that he's going to be sharing his, this testimony, this extraordinary testimony that probably will go down in history unless it's delayed on the day of a series station. The exact time will be 3.07 in the afternoon, Eastern time, but it's really strong all day. Now, another thing that's going to happen, though, is that Venus and the and the north node of the moon are going to be in a conjunction. This, If this happens, it's very rare. It doesn't happen all the time. But it's the degree of the Pluto discovery from February 1930, 17 plus a Cancer. So the planet Venus and the transiting north node of the moon 
which is a fate destiny point, they'll be at the discovery point of, uh, of Pluto, okay? And it will be exactly squaring Pallas Athena. So in this case, we'll have Venus and Pallas, two feminine bodies, square one another, and Pallas Athena will be squaring both the north and the south node of the transiting lunar orbit. And that says to me that this whole issue of fake news and real news and respecting you know, what, the, what Robert Mueller and the different uh, investigators really did and not dismissing them, not calling them names, you know, not trying to say it's a witch hunt and all this other stuff. We nearly, I think this is an opportunity on this amazing day, Virgo on the Ascendant, the beginning of Virgo, uh, Ceres stationary, squaring that position. Again, a square doesn't have to be bad. It can represent the friction and the intensity by which people can change and grow. We see Venus, the traditional planet of the feminine, making an exact square. Uh, and actually building up to that square as the day goes along to Pallas Athena. And Pallas is in the, these one of the signs that Venus is said to rule, Libra, which again is a sign of justice and fairness and balance uh, and courts and things like that. So we've got all of that tied together. At the same time, there are some other positions that are very unique. The moon will have just gone into early Aquarius and just be one degree beyond that one of Aquarius, where again, the next presidential inauguration, January 20th, 2021, where the sun will be at one of Aquarius and the next, this next Jupiter-Saturn conjunction that only happens every 20 years on December 21, 2020 at zero plus of Aquarius. So the moon itself, when Robert Mueller is testifying, is gonna be at one plus of Aquarius just beyond that and making an opposition to Mercury by the way, Mercury is going to be retrograde, and as I've written many times, and I just pulled out one of the last magazines that I ever published back uh, the end of, well, actually the end of 2000, I guess it was the end of 2000, about the truth about Mercury retrograde, and I've written about this other times, and at an, another point I will share more about the power of Mercury retrograde. It is not negative. Retrograding planets have awesome power because in many ways they are moving in counterpoint to the sun and moon, which always go forward. So a lot of people out there, they may be worried, oh, they have this retrograde and that retrograde in their chart and it's negative and astrologers said retrograde planets are bad. And part of the problem is that just the word retrograde sounds, oh, going back, negative, going in reverse, that doesn't sound good. But when a planet is actually retrograde, it's more... All I can tell you is that in many ways, when you look at it spiritually, when you look at it logically, when you look at it intelligently, yes, it is true that mistakes and challenges can happen when any planet is retrograde, but you don't have, you don't have people uh, in the field of astrology saying, oh my God, Pluto's retrograde for the next five months, or Neptune is retrograde for the next five months, or Uranus is retrograde for the next five months, or Chiron is retrograde for the next five months, or Saturn is retrograde for the next five months. And yet they go retrograde five months out of the year. Okay, that's an enormous period of time. It's like 40, 40 some odd percent of the time, the planets from Saturn out to Pluto are retrograding. Nobody talks about it. I mean, in terms of, oh my goodness, what's gonna happen You know, with Saturn, Uranus, Neptune retrograde? But because Mercury does it three times a year, and a lot of people get into a scattering of astrology, hear from other astrologers who may not be all that proficient, may not have practiced a long time. Oh, you better watch out when Mercury's retrograde. You know, luggage will be lost. Messages will be lost. Don't sign up for this. Don't sign up for that. As if when Mercury's direct, everything is always going perfectly fine, which we know is not true. So this has never been really articulated. And at any rate, Mercury retrograde uh, does not have to be a bad thing. Yes, it's good to be more aware, more tuned in, focused, you know, think things through. That's always a good thing, and it's a good thing when Mercury's retrograde, but it doesn't mean Robert Mueller's testimony or what the uh, realizations from that testimony will mean. So I think the fact that the Moon and Mercury are uh, will have just come into an opposition and a polarity, that's very interesting. Mars um, is almost exactly Mars at 9 plus of Leo, which is in the 12th house of this chart for the Mueller testimony, is on President Trump's Pluto. And that seems very significant. Again, the full moon that takes place the night before this July 17th event, 
will be close to Pluto itself in the sky, and it will also be in a conjunction with Venus and Saturn in President Trump's chart, because he has Venus and Saturn in a conjunction very close to the United States Mercury. And that's another thing. This The Sun on July 17, and this is true every year on July 17, is going to be right on the United States Mercury from July 4th of 1776. And Mercury, we may forget, is a planet that often represents a trickster element when it normally Mercury is the messenger of the gods. It has so much to do with medicine, business, communication, thinking, intelligence. Um, but Mercury, when it's negative, can also represent lies, falsehoods, um, promulgating things that aren't true. So it has a shadow side to it. So this will be very interesting that there'll this be this public um, discussion. Hopefully it will be in a positive way and we won't have uh, people badgering Robert Mueller, but we'll want to hear what he has to say and respect his long years in uh, office and not assume he's some other individual than who he really is. So again, positions throughout this whole chart are fascinating. I could go on here. I don't want to spend too much more time on all this. But the fact that the full moon the night before and the sun itself, 24 Cancer, will be activating um, uh, Saturn and, and Venus in President Trump's chart, the North Node and Pallas Athena in Robert Mueller's chart, and it'll be right on the United States Mercury from July 4th of 1776. Um, up in the ninth house is Vesta, another asteroid that has to do with safety and security, with a lot of groups that are uh, considered esoteric or more occult, including the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, and so on. Vesta is at 14 plus a Taurus, and that's actually the ascendant of, of, the, of President Trump's inauguration back on January 20th, 2017. And it's, it's pretty much the ascendant of every inauguration um, because inaugurations now happen at noon on January 20th of the years that they happen, and that in Washington, D.C. usually gets 14 plus of Taurus. So Vesta, while it's, it's elevated and that's significant, and let's not forget Sedna, a planet very, very far away, which has a lot to do with things that are buried in the, in the ocean, in the, in the sort of collectivity of deep-seated feelings and emotions. And I did a whole storyline that's still in our... Earth Aquarius news section of um, Eris on Sedna. Eris is another outer planet that had been discovered being on top of President Trump's Sedna when he was inaugurated. And if you remember, the day after that inauguration was this mass gathering of millions of women in Washington and all around the world and around the country protesting the person who had gotten in and all the negativities with him and women uh, that had been reported, and yet he was still elected. But there was that incredible gathering of women. So there are other positions around in this chart, but I've already gone on for a long time, so let's just see what happens. And again, note that on July 23rd, there'll be a Moon Palace uh, opposition, and that'll be at night. And then on August 5th, there'll be a Moon Palace conjunction at 23 plus of Libra. So the next two Moon Palace conjunctions, Palace Athena conjunctions by transit, are coming up shortly here, July 9th, early in the morning. And then it'll then a month later, or one lunar cycle later, on August 5, we'll have the Moon with, with Palace Athena. So enjoy what I'm sharing here. Some of it was to go back in time. I wanted to make sure... I was able to share about the extraordinary nature of Mueller being given the subpoena, responding to that, accepting it, looking at the chart for that energy, and then seeing the unusual situations going on on July 17. And there are many other positions. And once he does testify, assuming that that takes place at that point, and it's not delayed and it's not interfered with, then I'll certainly do a review and a retrospective on that. Uh, but again, these other issues that have been happening, the, the terrible conditions with the border and migration, the fact that um, a, a, another woman came out to accuse uh, allegedly of a rape of the, by the President of the United States many years before, that came out recently and that came into the press. Uh, and let's not forget that the President of the United States, uh, Donald Trump, 
is at the end of a 29 and a half year progress cycle of sun and moon. And it's, and so he's in the last two months, two plus months. So he, as I mentioned, one point with these uh, podcasts, the thing that a person ought to be doing, because I had one of these my, myself, and I know so many people that are entering cycles, it's called the dark of the moon or balsamic sun moon cycle, uh, which we use in progressed analysis, particularly secondary progressions. This takes the president of the United States back 29 years. So we're talking about uh, around 1990, all the events in his life. He needs to review and reflect and meditate. It doesn't have to be an official meditation, but a soul searching. You know, where have I made mistakes? What have I done? I mean, we don't hear the president ever admitting to any mistakes. Everything is always winning. We're going to have more winning than we've ever had. Everything is always going to be winning. He can never admit a mistake. Uh, it's pretty extraordinary. I'm from Queens, so I know a little bit about how, how things happen in New York and was privy to all the different scandals and the, that were shown very clearly over decades. But of course, the, the life moves on and the President of the United States had a show, The Apprentice and The Celebrity Apprentice and became a household name. And uh, Hillary Clinton, as much as she you know did so many great things and has done many great things for the country, was not a great candidate. And, and therefore, it's really questionable of whether the Democrats are going to get their act together over the next year or so, or be outflanked as they often are. So uh, I'll be reporting on a lot of these things, but also on a lot of other topics. I'm going to be talking about some really intriguing things that have to do more with astronomy and cosmic cycles, and more about the discovery of Pallas Athena in the sky of when that took place, which was during Jefferson's first uh, administration, which brought us the Louisiana Purchase, uh, and many other uh, connections back to Pallas Athena. So look forward to that as we continue this series. Okay, thank you very much for tuning in this time. Many blessings, and I look forward to sharing with you um, at the next podcast. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.